Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 in your device, Bible, book, paper, screen, whatever you have. And let's look at the Word of God. How many of you believe the winds of the enemy are blowing? I remember, I'm telling you, storms can be scary. Anybody been through a wind storm before? Any kind of a wind storm? A few years ago, I remember we were um, all uh, kids, grandkids, Carl, all of us were hanging out at the house. And, and the wind, it just happened so quickly, the wind just come up. We were standing in the living room, and I looked out the, the window, and I saw a big old willow tree that we had in the front yard just <laughs> blowing across the yard. I mean, picked it up and threw it across the yard. So at that point we realized, okay, something's going on. <laughs> There's wind out there. And, and we could hear the wind pick up and so we grabbed everybody and we're headed to the basement, but to get in our basement you have to go out the door. You don't have to go far, but you just gotta go out the door and down some steps. And so um, onto our porch, screened in porch, you go out the door, then you go down the steps. And so we stepped out, and when we stepped out to go down, we, we watched a, one of those big wooden playhouses just crushed and then thrown all over the yard. Trees, tree limbs just being crushed and a couple of them thrown at the house. And, and I mean, that was a freaky, situation and actually one of my one of my grandchildren still to this day has a little bit of struggle when the wind starts picking up because she saw that as we were getting down there wind can be soothing but at the same time it can be very destructive and when the storms begin to blow it can get really scary and for the best of us When the storms begin to blow, it can get scary. And when we look at the storms that are blowing in this world, it can get scary. When you see the winds of unbelief that are blowing, it can get scary. When you see the winds of unbelief that are moving into our schools and when you see some of the things that, that, that our world is attempting to teach, it gets somewhat scary. In a way that I don't think that we have ever experienced it before because we've always been able to find at least some place of security. So let's look at the passage and let's see if we can find some help today. Look at verse 22 immediately. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus has been teaching. He's exhausted. The disciples possibly, I could see how it could happen, possibly getting on his nerves. 
And he's thinking, oh, just, okay, just go on, just go on. Have you ever like told your kids, just, just go on, go, go, I'll be there in a minute, just go on. Go get in the car, I'll be there. You told your husband, go get in the car, he's getting on your nerves, I'll be there in a minute. Anyway, so Jesus tells the disciples, go get in the boat and just go on, I'll be there. I'll, I'm, I'm, you're going ahead, I'm going to go ahead and shut this thing down, dismiss here. So after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat, let me say something here. Um, if Jesus saw the need to get away for prayer, how much more? Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already cons a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, this, this was a struggle for me. Because I, and I, I, when I read that word buffeted, I just struggled to have a negative connotation. And the reason is, is because when I see buffeted, I see what? Buffet. Buffet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some of them this morning, I think, uh, y'all thought I was thinking Jimmy Buffett, right? And I thought, you know, Jimmy's cool, but man, he, he, can't, he can't touch a buffet. And so every time I would read this and, and trying to feel what the disciples were feeling, all I felt was hungry. It just, didn't, it just did not seem to work. So I look at this and I see, buff so I looked it up to see what it means from the original language, from Greek, from the original language. And it means to torture, listen to that, to torture or to torment. To torture or to torment, that's, that's a big difference between buffeted in my mind, okay? So the disciples were out there and the wind was blowing and the waves were rushing and suddenly they find themselves in a place where the boat they were in was being tormented. Don't you know that if the boat they were in was being tormented that they were being tormented as well? Then he goes on shortly before dawn. Jesus went out, uh, went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. And y'all thought ghost stories were a new thing. They said, as they cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then I love Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out on the water. And Jesus said, go for it, Peter. <laughs> then Peter went for it. It's a little bit different version here. <laughs> Then Peter got out of the, of the boat, walked on water, came toward Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? When Je uh, and, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly. You are the Son of God. I want you to get a picture. Jesus is ministering, as, as so often, ministering to 
hundreds and hundreds of people. He's been doing this all day long. It's getting night and he's getting tired. He sends the disciples. Jesus tells the disciples, go to the other side. So they've got his word telling them to go. So they go. Isn't that what we ought to do when we get a word from him telling us, tell us to do something? So they get in the boat and they go. Jesus dismisses the, the, all the stuff that's going on and he gets up to the mountainside and he sits down and he takes a deep breath. He's there by himself. He's talking to the Father. And then he realizes, or did he just realize, that the boat that the disciples were in was being tormented by the waves. It was being battered. It was being beaten by the waves. So Jesus, listen to this, Jesus sits there while this is happening. Back up with me just for a minute. The waves, the wind that is beating against this boat, what's going on? I believe that the enemy saw an opportunity to try to take the disciples out. I think the enemy saw an opportunity to render them helpless and useless. And as they started to go where Jesus said to go, the winds began to blow. Have you ever accepted a call of the Lord or a, um, an assignment from the Lord in some way, form, or fashion, only to get a few, uh, just a little ways into it, and suddenly it seems like all hell breaks loose against you? Five of you have, that means only five of you have ever done anything for the Lord. Is that, is that all I'm here? Anytime you step out, anytime you say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. That's not the moment that you get to be said, okay, for the rest of my life, I don't have to deal with the devil. No, that's when you start dealing with him. It's when you say yes to Jesus. The good thing about it is you're dealing with someone who has no power over you who has been defeated and was defeated on the cross. So all of a sudden the winds are moving and they're beating against the boat and everything the disciples could do as they tried and they tried. It's, the Bible said the winds were against them. So they're trying to get to the other side and from the other side the winds are blowing, trying to keep them from getting there. There's a reason that the enemy didn't want them to make it to the other side, but I'm not going to preach on that today. Now, some of you will peep, I know, but the winds are blowing trying to stop them. They're doing everything they can do, but it, it seems like nothing's working. You ever felt like you were two steps, or one step forward, two steps back? That's what they were doing. Five rows forward, and then the whole time they're doing it, they're losing one every time they're trying and they're trying not to end up back where they started. They want to make progress. They want to go. They want to get where God sent them to be. And yet the whole time it's such a struggle that they can't seem to get there. And the boat is tormented by the waves. But I want you to think about torment. Has fear ever come upon you in such a way that everything that you found security in was about ready to be broken? Has fear ever come upon you in such a way? See, you think about this. The only thing between the disciples and this fierce, these fierce waves was this boat. 
And now the boat is being tortured and tormented by the water and the wind. And they don't feel secure anymore. Their sense of security and safety is beginning to leave. How many of you have seen some things in our country that you used to feel safe and secure about that the winds that are blowing out there are removing your feeling of safety and security? There was a time when you could send your children to school. And I'm thankful for where we live in the Bible Belt. I am so thankful. Man, there's some places that we won't even talk about. But there used to be a time when you could send your children off to school and you never had another thought of it until they came home. Some of them walked to school. We don't let our kids walk to school now. There was a time we worried about, after that, that we started to worry about violence in the school. See, when I was in school, I was in some fights. I'm not going to tell you how many I won and lost. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. But when I was in school, I was in some fights. But let me tell you about fights in school when I was in school. You had your fist and their face, and that was it. You hoped, or it was their fist in your face. But either way, you had a fist. Now, see, smack talking used to be fairly safe. And about the worst you would get would be a broken nose or, or a busted mouth. Now, A knife, a gun, you tracking with me? Run off the road? It's crazy. And so that place that we once found some security where we sent our kids, we started to lose it. But when the, the, the schools brought in, I don't, how in the world, see, which ones of you were here in the early service? Okay. This wasn't even close, was it? <laughs> I don't even know how I got here. But it's needed because I'm just letting the Holy Spirit lead me. Okay. So somebody needs this. We felt comfortable because we knew that the schools would do some, take some measures to physically protect our kids. And so we felt comfortable. And we felt a sense of safety and security again. But now... In some places, some of the very schools that we trusted with a sense of safety and security are now attempting to teach our things that make us more insecure and more unsafe feeling than even physical harm because it's getting into the brains of our children. Do you know how many parents struggle with children who are saying, I just don't know if I believe anymore? Yes. Why? How could that be? How could that be? The enemy's winds are blowing. And everyone he can capture 
and everyone he can hold in unbelief is one of his until they break out through belief. Is anybody tracking with me? The things that we once felt safe and secure about. See, when the winds are blowing and the thing that we felt safe about is being tortured, what do we do? Fear begins to take over. Fear begins to get a grip. Do I get a, do I get a, do I get a thing? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Vaccine. Do I get a vaccine? (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Give me a minute, give me a minute. It'll come, it's coming. I can feel it coming. Yeah. Fear. Do I get a vaccine? Don't I get a vaccine? There are those that say you're going to die if you don't. There are those that say you're going to die if you do. And it ain't been around long enough to know who's telling the truth or what's going on. Is anybody, not, not a matter of telling the truth. I'm not saying anybody's lying. I'm just saying that it ain't been around long enough for us to even know what's going on. Does he, is anybody tracking with me? Now, don't walk out here and say, oh, here goes that vaccine talk. I, bud, I get enough of vaccine talk from the news. I'm sick of hearing it. I hear it all day long. Now I come to church and I hear it. The reason I'm saying what I'm saying is because you hear it all day long. It's because you're arguing about it in your family. It's because you're so afraid. What I'm trying to tell you is there's something bigger. There is a place of security. There is a place where we can find refuge. There is a place where we can find safety. There is a place and that place is in Jesus. If you get the vaccine, trust Jesus. If you don't get it, trust Jesus. All I'm saying is trust Jesus. Families that can't even sit down at a table together anymore because this one says, well, I'm not even coming to your house. You you all don't wear a mask. And this one says, I'm not coming to your house because y'all are wearing masks. And now families where we once felt a sense of security is being beaten and battered and tortured by the winds of darkness in this world that now families are finding that the one place left on this earth that they thought they could find some sense of security. We can't find it out there anymore, but at least in our families, and now families are at war. And it's no little thing. It's not like now people say, yeah, you know what? If you want to wear, wear, and if you don't, don't. Hey, it's cool. You just need to do what you need to do. No, it's like you're going to split hell wide open if you don't agree with me. You're the problem, you mask wearers. You're the problem with our world. And then there are those, you people that don't, you're the problem. You're the reason it's all spreading. And everybody's wrong. And hate begins to move in. And fear begins to move in. Because none of us know the answers. This world has not seen on a scale of worldwide what we have seen in the last two years. The world hasn't... Yes, there have been outbreaks of things and places many times through history. 
but for the entire world to be affected by it. Some of you are not secure in your jobs because you said, I, I, I don't feel comfortable yet um, getting a vaccine and your job says you get it or you're fired. And you're struggling. I'm not telling you whether to get it or not. I'm not going to tell you whether I've had it or not. What I'm telling you is that with the winds blowing the way we're blowing, we have to have a place of refuge. We have to have it. And you're not going to find it. The dividing line is getting bigger. The thing that disturbs me in this story, y'all got about an hour. <clears throat> I hope you didn't put the weenies on before you left. <laughs> the thing that disturbs me about this story, quit looking at your watch, Bobby. The thing that disturbs <laughs> 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 I'm playing. <laughs> The thing that disturbs me about this story is some wording. Because the Bible said that Jesus, late at night, realized that the boat was being tormented. And the disciples, if you're in a boat that's being tormented, I promise you, you're being tormented as well. And wave after wave after wave. Have any of you ever had wave of fear or waves of anxiety or waves of panic just hit you over and 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 you're wondering, am I ever going to get free? Is this thing ever going to let me go? Somebody is bringing up a, a past sin that you dealt with, and it's over, but they won't let you forget it. Where's that from? Anybody want to tell me where that's from? That's from the enemy. It's under the blood. When the devil drags you into court, and he stands before the judge, the father, and he tries to get you to plead guilty or innocent, there's only one answer. I plead the blood. 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 That means now it's not about me, but it's about the blood of Jesus. And you just can't mess with the blood of Jesus. Maybe somebody's done something to you and hurt you. And you can't get over it. And wave after wave after wave after wave after wave keeps pounding you. The enemy winds keep whispering in your ear. You're not going to make it through this one. You're going down this time. I'm going to kill you. Your kids hate you. 
Your husband's going to leave you. Somebody's stepping out on you. And the wind's just blowing and blowing and blowing. And as they blow, you would begin to create stories. We create stories in our head. We begin to imagine. And most of the time, don't we pick up worry and we start letting things spin? Don't we go? How many of you ever just really just pick it up and say, ah, you know what, Jesus, you got this? I mean, right off the bat. Most of us don't right off the bat. Right off, most of us go to all of the different things that the fear is creating in us. And all day long, have you ever had a fly buzz your head? The most irritating thing in the world. You're sitting there, you're trying, you're on a picnic, you are trying to eat your cheeseburger. And a fly just buzz, just buzz, 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 buzz. And you've tried to kill it, you've tried to catch it, and you've tried to swat it, and you try to do everything, and no matter what you do, when you think it's gone, it's back again. That's the way the enemy works. He's like a fly that continually agitates and irritates, agitates and irritates, agitates and irritates. And then you start having conversations with people who are not there. Now, some of y'all looking at me like, honey, I don't know what in the world he's talking about. Yeah, right. Last night, you didn't want her to go to the store, but she needed you to go to the store. But you wanted to watch the ball game, but she needed you to go. So you got in the car. And guess who you talked to all the way to the store that knows nothing about the conversation? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You ain't never going to do this to me. You're going to boss me around. <laughs> yeah, look who's going to the store. You understand? People hurt you, disappoint you, and what do you do? You have conversations. And you have conversations in your head. And you tell them off. And you tell them off again. And then you just feel guilty. And it's like, oh, Jesus, forgive me. I don't know how in the world did I let myself go there. And then you tell them off again. And then it's like, I just, I, Lord, this ain't like you. I don't want this all. Oh, I'm going to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praise you, Jesus. Just praise you, Lord. And you're just praising the Lord. And then, and then you walk away. And it's like, man, I just want to bust him in the face. And it's like, what in the world? Anybody? We've all done it. There have been times you wanted to plead your case. Somebody, oh, this is what, this, 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 this. And you're thinking, hey, you don't even know the story. Obviously, you don't even know the story. But you know that the person that said it doesn't want the real story. They just want to hate. And you got to leave it alone and let them hate. And that ain't easy. Because sometimes we just want to defend ourselves. And Jesus says, you don't need to defend yourself. What you do is none of the devil's business. That's between me and you. 
Is anybody with me? Well, let me hurry. And that means I'm not really. Jesus is on the side of the mountain. He knows that they're going through this. But he doesn't go out there until nearly dawn. Is anybody tracking with me? Did you hear that? I just saw that this morning. Jesus, late that, the wording, late that night, and then the next wording was, late that night, Jesus knew what was happening, but at nearly dawn, he goes out there. And some of you are feeling like Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through. I am here alone. I am here alone. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like he forgot about you? Have you ever felt like he was nowhere near you? Have you ever said, Lord, I love you, I praise you, but I don't feel your presence? Are you mad at me? I don't know what's going on. And, and, you, and it's just like, I, you're, I don't know what to do. Where are you? He is watching you. But he let the disciples face that storm without stopping it immediately. That means they must have needed something. They must have needed to know that the enemy can send storms your way and sometimes they're going to be fierce, but they won't end well for him. Go ahead. Go, me and you, sister, that, that right there. Ain't gonna end well for him. High five me. Yes. Ain't gonna end well for him. Not going to, yes, the enemy thinks he can send the storms, and yes, Jesus is watching it happen, but his eyes were never off the disciples. There was not a millisecond that he did not know what they were going through, and there was not a millisecond that he didn't already know what he was going to do to deliver them. It's the same thing with you. There's not a second that his eyes are off of you. There is not a second that he doesn't know what you're going through. There is not a second that he doesn't know that he's already got your deliverance taken care of when the time is right. Go ahead, Aaron. I saw that. Go for it, brother. Go for it. See, here's what we need. The Holy Spirit wants to do an outpouring in this church. I need some of you folks that just get excited on the inside and you want to do it, but you're afraid to to cut loose and let it happen. Where'd that come from? Uh, I, want, uh, I want those three people on the front row. Jesus walks out and the disciples see him coming, but they don't know it is him. I can kind of understand that. Somebody's walking on water. We're out here in the middle of the lake. Somebody's walking on water. And from the ghost stories that I heard when I was little around the campfire, only ghosts can do that. And so their immediate thought was, it's a ghost. So they're freaking out. And they say, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, take courage, guys. Take courage. I got you. You don't feel like I got you right now, but I got you. 
You feel like I'm nowhere around and you feel like not only are you being tormented by the waves, but you're about ready to be tormented by a ghost. But what I want you to know is you've never left my sight. You've never left my love. You've never left my care. The whole time I had you in my hand and you will not drown. Go ahead, do it. Come on, do it, sister. See, for those of you who don't understand, you're thinking, Bud wants people clapping. I'm telling you something. I don't got nothing to say. But when something comes that's good that Jesus says, I want you to have, yeah, that's a time to get excited. So, yeah, just one more time. There you go. Don't it feel good when you get your body involved in what your spirit's saying? (laughs) And I'm glad that you said, heck yeah. (laughs) I am so glad. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come out. I'm not sure if Peter was hoping it was a ghost. <laughs> Jesus said, come on, man. Come on. Have you ever wanted to step out in faith so bad? But you were just afraid that I'm going to get embarrassed. It won't work. It's going to fail. And Jesus is sitting there saying, come on. Just come on. All the disciples are saying, man, this is crazy. Peter thinks he's going to walk on water. And if Jesus hadn't already known what he was going to do, he may have been saying, Peter, uh, Peter, it's me. It's me, son. Just stay in the boat. It's me. I promise you stay in the boat. But he let him come. Because I think he finds pleasure in people who are willing to risk in people who are willing to step out in faith and say, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I am going for it. And Peter went for it. And Peter took steps. While he had his eyes on Jesus, Aaron, he had his eyes fixed. Do you remember the song? To fix our eyes on Jesus. When his eyes were fixed on Jesus, do you know what fixed means? It doesn't mean to glance at. It means you lock. You lock eyes, exactly. Lock, lock lock right you remember when you were little and you had your mama lock what is she saying I see you and I know what's going on and when we lock eyes with Jesus he said I see you son I know what's going on and I got you Peter steps out and he starts to walk he's the only human being that I know of that steps out and starts to walk on water. And then he gets his eyes off of Jesus. You with me? He gets his eyes off of Jesus. And this is where I need to come talk to you for a minute. Because some of you have gotten your eyes off of Jesus. And you're sinking. You're sinking. You can feel yourself sinking. You can feel your heart sinking. 
you're going to feel fear just taking over and washing over you wave after wave after wave. I'm sure Peter probably thought that if Jesus is going to ask me to come out on the water, he's at least going to stop the storm first. But he didn't. If you're coming, come on. But I want you to learn to walk on your problems. I want you to learn, Peter. See, if I stop the storm, then you're just getting out on nice, smooth water. But what I want you to know is that your storms are already under my feet because I've been walking out here already. The very problem that's come against you, Jesus is walking on. Do you think he doesn't have power over that which he can walk on? But I think what he's wanting to tell Peter, have you ever made that comment, well, how you doing? Well, under the circumstances, I'm doing okay. I think Jesus didn't want Peter under the circumstances. He wanted him to know that if you're going to walk, Peter, you've got to walk on the circumstances. I'm not going to change it and make your storm smooth and then you just come out and walk. If you're going to come walk with me, you're going to come and walk with the winds blowing. And when Peter got out there and his focus was on Jesus and he saw Jesus, he was doing fantastic. But suddenly he started to see, he started to get afraid. Where's our country going? Are my kids going to be safe in school? Am I going to get COVID? Is somebody I know and love going to die from COVID? What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Should I get a vaccine or should I not get a vaccine? Should I wear a mask or should I not wear a mask? Does it help or does it not? Is it a conspiracy or is it not a conspiracy? And everything is flooding through your mind when you start to see the storm again. And then you start to fight the wrong battle. Are you with me? When we get our eyes off of Jesus, we fight the wrong battles, brothers and sisters. We start to fight each other. We start to fight flesh and blood. But the battle is not with flesh and blood. The battle is with principalities and with powers, with wicked spirits in high places. The battle is against the devil. The spirit world of darkness. When we forget that, we attack the wrong. We attack wrong. We, we attack wrong. We attack wrong. But when we remember where it's at, when our focus is on Jesus and we, we're, we're, in, we're gazing, we got the gaze, man, we're fixed. When our eyes are fixed on Jesus, suddenly we start to see things we couldn't see before. Suddenly my wife's being irritable is more than just the fact that she's irritable. Suddenly I start to see the spirit that is behind her agitating her. And so of me, instead of me attacking her, I got another fight to fight. Instead of you attacking your husband, but bud, you don't know what he's done. You don't know, I, I, you don't know what I caught him looking at. Now let me tell you something. What you don't know is your husband is not where the battle is at the moment. Yes. 
It's a spiritual battle and a demon that has tried to destroy his life. And what he needs is somebody on his side praying for him. It, does it work when you're just doing it by yourself, brother? Sure. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Peter started sinking. He started sinking. But here's what I want you to know. Jesus didn't let him sink. There have been a lot of times in my life I thought, man, I'm sunk. Anybody been there? I'm sunk. I'm sunk. And people around me, some people hoping he's sunk. See, y'all never experienced that. No? People around you hoping you're sunk? Yeah. There, see, there are some people that can't stand the fact that God's still using you after it all. Here's what I want you to know. When you step out and you've got your gaze on him, storms are going to come and there are going to be some times that you're going to get distracted and you're going to feel like you're sinking. But he's got you. He's got you. He took Peter by the hand. He didn't say, Peter, here I am. Come on, buddy. Come on. You got to get to where I am or you're not going to make it. You with me? See, that's the way some of us feel like, oh, I've got, it's, it's on me. I've got to do this. I've got to be the one. And no, no, no. Jesus saw Peter sinking and he reached out and he took him by the hand and he lifted him up. Yes. He's got you, child of God. Our God is faithful. Yes. See, all this this morning, all this last hour or whatever it's been, we just want you to know that our God is faithful. You don't have to let the enemy defeat you. You don't have to let yourself go into a place of fear and stay there. You've got a savior. You've got a rescuer. You've got a deliverer. You've got a healer. I think there's a deliverance for some people this morning. See, some of you you know, you want to believe, but you're struggling to believe. There's a spirit, a wicked, demonic spirit of doubt moving upon you. And you got to come to the place to say, I'm not going to play that storm's games. Jesus, here I am. Save me. Here I am. Save me. Here I am. Save me. Jesus, listen to this. This is the last thing. Jesus gets in the boat. And the storm stopped immediately. Did you hear that? Jesus stepped into the boat. And as soon as he stepped into the boat, the storm stopped Jesus hasn't been out of your boat if you're a child of God. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Say, but bud, you don't know what I've done. He doesn't leave your boat. Your biggest struggle is going to be in your own head. 
So here's what I would like for us to do today. Maybe you've been to that place where fear has stricken you, fear has taken over and it's begun to dominate you. And you've been battered and battered and battered and battered in wave after wave after wave after wave has come against you. And you need deliverance. We're going to sing. You can get deliverance right where you stand or sit at the moment. But there may be a moment when the Holy Spirit is saying, no, you get up and go. I want you to walk up there and I want you to kneel down and I want you to pray and I want you to trust me and I want you to find deliverance. I can't dictate that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So let's let him do what he needs to do so that all of us leave here today realizing that storms are real and they're raging and they're going to rage. Do you all have one second? Let me tell you something. You know, we've been praying for our Afghan brothers and sisters. Heard some reports this week. One of the underground parts of the church in Afghanistan of about 400 people has grown to, I think, 3,000 people getting saved. 3,000 people getting saved. They're experiencing dreams and visions where Jesus is actually visiting them in dreams, saying, I know you plan to go that way, but don't go that way. Go that way. And they're avoiding the Taliban in so many of those places. Can I tell you something? God is faithful. God is faithful. He knows your situation. He knows your trouble. He knows your burden. He knows what's coming against you. He knows how the enemy works. And in the midst of all of these baby lions who are coming against you, the lion of the tribe of Judah stands up in the midst of your problem and he begins to roar. And all of the lions begin to run. Let's stand up and sing. Come find your deliverance today. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.